Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Convince Me. I am Andy Rutherford, not joined this week by Mr. Brian Bennett and Mr. Casey Elrod. Uh, This is another crazy week for us. Scheduling has been a nightmare lately, but we're not able to record a new episode for you this week, unfortunately. I do apologize. Next week we will be back to you with brand new content, but... If you're not one of our early followers from Facebook or you haven't gone back and looked at all our YouTube stuff, this will be new content for you as we have done in the past. This is a Convince Me callback episode. Uh, There were, I believe, seven or eight episodes that we did before we actually started the podcast Uh, We did them exclusively on Facebook. I've since uploaded them to YouTube. And now uh, when we run into a bind and can't record, they're coming out in the podcast form. So what you are going to be hearing this week is what we have dubbed uh, episode three. It was our third episode that we ever did uh, that is making its podcast debut this week. And we're looking at one of the greatest uh, quarter, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football and the kind of rivalry that they had. It's Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, Bennett versus Elrod with myself mediating. And uh, pretty interesting. Again, it's it's always strange to go back and see how far we've come uh, in the last year or so. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, we will be back with you with, with new content, new episode next week thank you guys so much for sticking with us and uh real quickly here make sure you're following us on all of our socials uh facebook.com slash convince me show probably our most active page we can be found on twitter at convince me show we're on instagram we're convince me show over there as well and our youtube every single episode in its entirety in video format uh, tinyurl.com slash convince me show so again guys enjoy this episode uh the convince me callback episode three tom brady versus peyton manning and uh, we look forward to being back with you guys next week and uh until then peace hey everybody what's up uh we are back again episode three uh i want to start off uh, this show, first of all, uh, Andy Rutherford, joined as always by Casey Allrod, Brian Bennett. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Good. Y'all ready to uh, fire up uh, another exciting episode of Convince Me? Let's do it. I promise that there will be no um, shenanigans in the judging of this match, even though I'm not judging. Unlike some folks uh, that might or might not be in this meeting, I plan to mediate tonight uh, fair and impartially on the merits that are argued before me. I owe you one, but it's going to be when you least expect it. It's not going to be tonight. Uh, If you lose tonight, you just lost. Um, Mm. But uh, if you haven't been able to tell by our banter, uh, tonight I will not be arguing. I will be mediating. Uh, mediating an argument, uh, I'm sure most of you, uh, as a lot of people did, uh, this past weekend watched the NFL draft. It was the most watched draft uh, in a long time because it's the first live sporting event we've had in over a month. 
uh, and we were all praying for technical glitches and admiring Cliff Kingsbury's house and Bill Belichick's dog making his drafting decisions. Um, hmm. But tonight we're going to look uh, at kind of the recent past, the last 20 years or so. Um, it's a topic that's been often debated, so we're going to debate it again. Um, who is the better quarterback? Tom Brady, TB12, represented tonight by Mr. Brian Bennett, or Peyton, 0-4 against Florida in college, oh. Manning, <laughs> represented by Mr. Casey Elrod. Uh, and we will jump right into it. Opening arguments, you know, uh, the first episode, Bennett, you flipped a coin. Second episode, Elrod, you had us pick a number. Tonight, I'm going back to one of the oldest traditions in the world of deciding who gets to go first, and that is a little Rochambeau. We're going to do paper, rock, scissors live in the show. So, gentlemen, if you would get ready and get your hands where I can see them in front of the camera, we are going on shoot. You ready? Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Oh. Uh, Do it again. <laughs> Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. All right, we're not doing this all night. I'm just going to pick one. We'll go one more time. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Mr. Elrod, would you like to go first, or would you like to def defer to the second half? Defer to the second half. All right, Mr. Bennett, your opening statement on why Tom Brady is going right. to come back to Peyton Manning. All right. Known you a long time. You're a smart guy. You're a sensible I guy. I am. You have a vast knowledge of sports and sports information. Quite a bit. So... To me, it should be obvious who's the better quarterback. But if there's a couple of people that are maybe on the fence, they don't really know, maybe they haven't even watched football, this is for them. And I'm going to convince them that Tom Brady is the better quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Peyton. He's one of the all-time greats. But is he number one? I don't think so. I have a 1A and a 1B to Brady in Montana. You can put Manning in there with uh, Unitas, uh, Bart Starr, wherever you want to put him in there. He's a top five for me, but it's kind of after the 1A and the 1B, it gets jumbled up. So uh, also us as sports enthusiasts, we tend to measure greatness by winning. And it's a fact that nobody wins more than Tom Brady. Very well said. Mr. Elrod, your opening statement. I just want to object to you bringing Joe Montana up to the mediator. Oh, that is old. It's a fact. They're 1A and 1B. <laughs> Here's the thing that people are going to have to realize, including you, right? When you look at quarterbacks, are we going to judge a quarterback success just on Super Bowl victories. My vote is no. Is Terry Bradshaw a better quarterback than Dan Marino? No. Is Brad Johnson a better 
quarterback than Dan Marino? No. Once you look at the stats, <laughs> once you look at the stats, college, even in the NFL, Peyton's stats are better. Peyton played 19 last games, but he has some categories where he still exceeds Brady. Brady was second fiddle at Michigan. He was second fiddle for two years with the Patriots. Manning was never second fiddle. And we'll get into this more tonight, but I will have you convinced without a shadow of a doubt that Peyton Manning is the superior quarterback than Tom Brady. All right, gentlemen. That will wrap up our opening statements, and let's just uh, go ahead and get into our topics. Elrod, we'll let you lead off here. Um, we're really looking at NFL numbers tonight, but to lay a little background, uh, to tell the whole story uh, of these quarterbacks, let's look at their college career uh, and subsequently tied together uh, their draft, their entrance into the National Football League. Elrod, tell me about Peyton's. Well, if you look at the college stats, I had more touchdown passes, or I had equally as many touchdown passes as Tom Brady did his freshman and sophomore year, uh, <laughs> which is none. <laughs> I, or I'm sorry, Tom Brady played second fiddle to Drew Henson, and he played second fiddle to Brian Greasy for the better part of his career in college. Uh, Peyton was a Maxwell Award winner. He was, a, he was um, voted best quarterback his senior year. He had over he had over 85 touchdown passes. He had 89 to Brady's 30 in college. He was a number one draft pick. Uh, Brady, <laughs> I don't know if his numbers justified him being drafted in the sixth round by the Patriots. If you look at his college numbers, he could have easily been undrafted. So Peyton clearly had the better uh, collegiate uh, numbers, and it's not even close. All right, Mr. Bennett. Elrod's exactly right. Their paths were totally night and day different. Peyton was the better quarterback. He's your more stereotypical quarterback. He fit the look of a quarterback. Um, like you said, Brady went to Michigan um, from 96 until 99 didn't start until his junior year <laughs> kind of did play, play second field didn't really have the chance to start I think there was some sort of friction between him and coaching staff but that's for another day um but let's just go ahead and get into his junior year he was 10 and 3 and set the school record for completions boom right off the bat he threw for 2427 yards 14 touchdowns and beat Arkansas in the Citrus Bowl. It's a, it's a modest year. I mean, it's not Heisman numbers like Peyton. Wait, no, no Peyton, no Heisman for Peyton. Okay, <laughs> numbers like that, I thought for sure, for sure, he'd have a Heisman, but he didn't. Yeah, okay, Rob, moving on. Total Rob job, but we won't get into that. Senior year, ten and two. That's pretty decent. Um, two thousand two hundred seventeen yards. 16 touchdowns, again, nothing stellar. Uh, went to the Orange Bowl where they defeated Alabama. So even though he doesn't have crazy stats, he still proved that he was a winner, had uh, two bowl wins under his belt, 
set some records at Michigan. Even though he was a second fiddle, he still set some records and led them to a couple of really good seasons. I would definitely take 10-2 and two right now as a Florida State fan, for sure. Um, in his career, he went 20-5. and five, Like I said, two bowl wins, 5,351 yards, 35 touchdowns. To me, that's, that's decent for a two-year starter. Um, I think he was worthy of being drafted. Maybe, maybe he was drafted in the in the sixth round. Maybe that was right for him. Um, definitely a different path taken than Peyton. He wasn't the guy. He didn't look like the guy. And everybody knows Peyton was the 199th pick in the sixth round. They talk about it every single year during the draft. Um, seventh quarterback taken off the board. Biggest name that year was probably Chad Pennington or Mark Bulger. And have you ever seen the picture of Tom Brady on draft day? That's Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't have the video, but if you watch him run his 40, he looks like a newborn giraffe running. It's bad. But to me, it's fascinating, though, how he went from – somebody that nobody ever heard of to becoming the greatest draft day steal of all time. And I think maybe that kind of put a chip on his shoulder because he always and still does to this day plays with a lot of intensity. And I think something like that, something you don't really ever get over and you feel like you always have something to prove. So maybe it worked out for Tom Brady being the 199th pick. All right. Speaking of his running, we should have uh, shown video and see who's the goofier-looking runner between the two because uh, neither one's very graceful. <laughs> they are not. So, all right. You know, you talked a lot about being a winner and championships in your opening statement there, Bennett. But in order to get to win championships – uh you gotta get you gotta get there uh you gotta get to the playoffs um and there are a lot of players through history that don't get a chance to show what they can do in championship games and in playoffs because they don't get the chance to get there uh and in order to get there you have to be other than very very rare circumstances on a winning team uh for that year so tell me about up to this point because technically it's not over yet uh, but tell me about Tom Brady's uh, play in the regular season throughout his career. Sure. I took the liberty of going ahead and kind of compiling some quick stats for them, too. Brady's played 20 years in the NFL, but when you look at it, it's really 18 years, 2008, ACL injury, in the very first game, so he's done for the year. And his rookie year, he never really saw any playing time, maybe just a couple of garbage passes. So I'm throwing that season out. So really, we're looking at 18 full seasons. And with Peyton, too, we're looking at basically 17 full seasons, 13 in Indy, four in Denver. So we're looking at 18 versus 17, pretty close to the same. So numbers should be fairly close. Completions, Tom Brady, 6,377. Peyton Manning, 6,125. Give it to Brady. Percentage. Tom Brady, 63.8. Peyton, 65.3. Manning. Yards, 
Tom Brady, 74,571. Peyton, 71,940. I give it to Brady just because it's the higher number, and we don't know if Peyton would throw for more if he had played one more season because that arm was going bad. Um, average uh, per pass, Tom Brady, 7.5. Peyton, 7.7. Peyton Manning. Yards a game. Brady, 261.7. Peyton, 270.5. Peyton. Touchdowns, Tom Brady, 541. Manning, 539. I'm going to call it a wash. That's, that's close, especially if Peyton had played one more year for sure. He'd probably have more than just a couple. Interceptions. Now, this one is the one that I always gravitate towards. Tom Brady, 179. Peyton Manning, the number one pick, 251. That's 72 more in one less year. MVPs, Tom Brady, three. Peyton Manning, five. Kudos to Peyton. Peyton, at his peak, was probably better a season or two or three than Tom Brady. He put up bigger numbers, especially that first year or two at Denver. Man, people would tune in and watch Denver play just because it was like watching a video game. It was crazy. Um, another thing, too, not only just Peyton, there's been other quarterbacks that have bigger seasons, better stats. I think of Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, stuff like that. People like that probably have bigger years and bigger numbers than Brady. But Brady's consistency is unsurpassed. Um, and that's really what you want from your quarterback. Somebody, you know, comes out every year and you know what you're going to get from them. Not too high, not too low. Just comes out every year and, get, and delivers exactly what he does. Um, Tom Brady never had, and actually still doesn't have, a losing season. And Peyton has two losing seasons. They really flirted with going – um, winless one year. They wound up getting three. They pulled three out. And um, really with Tom Brady, if you go back to the 2001 season, there's only been one instance where he didn't start a game. If you just take out 2008 where he had the injury. So he's been consistent. He's always been there starting the games. And here's one crazy, crazy, crazy breakdown for you. He's had 324 starts. Now, we're going to break that down and win-loss and show you just how consistent Tom Brady has been over his career. Let's break it down to a half. Um, first 162 games, he's 125 and 37. The last 162 games he's played, 124 and 38. It's pretty close. Let's go into thirds. First 108, he was 82 and 26. Second half, 84 and 24. And the third half, 83 and 25. That's pretty crazy. Now let's break it down into fours. He went 63 and 18 in the first, 62 and 19 in the second, 63 and 19 in the third, and 61 and 20 in the fourth. That is incredible for consistency for, let's say, 18 full seasons. So that kind of debunks this theory of, well, Tom Brady's falling off the map. For 18 full seasons, you've got nothing but consistency from him.
Very good. Um, Mr. Elrod, Peyton Manning, regular season. Let me hear it. He's known as the best regular season quarterback of all time. Now, the numbers, when you, when you look into the numbers, they're pretty close. But the thing you've got to realize is Tom Brady currently has 19 more games under his belt than Peyton does. That's more than a full season. So Peyton, his numbers are comparable. If you just take a season off the table, his numbers are right there with Brady. Manning, he's got 10 seasons of 4,000 yards. It's most all time. Second place only has six of those. He's got 12 seasons of throwing 26 touchdown passes a year. The next closest has 11. He has, if you, if you do a per capita view of this, he holds every single record. It's just the fact that he has played less games uh, currently than Breeze. He's played less games than Tom Brady. Uh, the one injury season that he had, he couldn't play because of his neck, and he did retire earlier than Brady, and he did retire earlier than Breeze currently is playing. So when you look at the when you look at the numbers, no one's even close when you extrapolate this out and show uh, that if if he had one or two more seasons, it wouldn't even be close. He would be so far ahead of any of them. So um, that's that. All right. Well, regular season stats are fine and dandy. But we all know that men are separated from the boys when it rolls into January and hopefully into that first week in February when we're talking about the NFL. Uh, the playoffs, championships, if you don't got them, you're, you're not exactly considered uh, that top tier. Dan Marino was mentioned earlier. As far as skill set, as far as everything, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, but he's never in that conversation because he never won a ring. Now, both Peyton and Brady have rings, uh, which means they played well in the Super Bowl. Uh, more importantly, they battled through the playoffs and got to the Super Bowl. Elrod, tell me about Peyton Manning's playoff career. The knock on Peyton is, or the perception is, that he was not a good playoff caliber player. But let's look at the comparison between Peyton and Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning played 17 times. And Tom Brady's got the edge, 11 to 6 overall. But what is missing in this comparison is when you look at them in the playoffs, when it mattered, when it mattered the most, Peyton and Tom Brady were never going to play in a Super Bowl. It was always going to be on the doorstep at the AFC Championship game. Manning is three to one over Tom Brady. Peyton won in 07. He won in 14. He won in 16. His long loss was, I believe, in 2004. So when it mattered the most, Peyton came out on top in the playoffs versus uh, Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady was a part of some of the best teams of all time when, it, when you look at defense. The knock on those early Colts teams was – they had no defense. Jim Irsay always wanted the offense. He wanted Adrian James. He wanted Peyton. He wanted Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. But he never put the work in and built a good defense. When you look at these Colts teams, you think of Dwight Freeney. You think of um, – um, 
Squat for any. That's it. <laughs> when you look at these Patriot teams, you think of Brewski, you think of Vrabel, you think of Beloy, you think of Seymour, you think of these great defensive Hall of Fame caliber players. Peyton Manning never had any of those in Indy. He had Von Miller in Denver, but he never had anybody like that that could help him out. And we know defense wins championships, except this past year. Peyton was hamstrung by Jim Irsay from not having a good defense those first couple years. I will say this. If you switch Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, if, if the stars had disaligned and Peyton wound up in Foxborough and Tom Brady wound up in Indy, I think you, you can make the argument that Peyton could have 10 Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach of all time in any sport, in any level of football. He's the greatest evaluator of talent. Just look at what he's done on the defensive side of the ball. If you put Peyton Men in that environment, he's got more than six Super Bowls. And if you look at – if you want to real drill down into this, Tom Brady lost to some very mediocre New York Giants teams twice. Peyton's brother. He lost to a – Kind of mediocre Eagles team. If you look at the teams that Peyton lost to in the Super Bowl, he lost to a very good Saints team. Drew Brees was killing it that year. He also lost to one of the best defenses of all time, the Legion of Boom, the Seattle Seahawks. So if you look at his Super Bowl losses compared to the mediocre losses that Tom Brady had, I, I don't it, – it, it, even look at the ones that Tom Brady won. If the Atlanta Falcons has showed up in the fourth quarter, that's one Super Bowl he doesn't have. He had no control over that game. That was basically the Falcons not showing up. Let's look at some more. Do you think Tom Brady had any um, – do you think he had any uh, – in, in the Super Bowl with the Rams? That was a terrible game. He did not not have good stats at all. So if you take those two away, he's down the four. So I could chip away all night long. But if you look at the Super Bowls that they lost – Peyton clearly lost to better teams. All right, Bennett, TB12's playoff right. career. All right, I have a bunch of stats that prove Tom had the better postseason, but I'm going to throw those out. I'm going to take my time to answer a couple of things that Elrod threw out. Um, first, talking about how if we swapped roles and if we put Peyton Manning on those Patriot teams. Does Peyton Manning become as successful as Tom Brady? Probably. It's very possible. If we put Tom Brady with Indianapolis or even with Denver, does Tom Brady win six Super Bowls? Not likely, probably not. But the only thing that we can do is judge these two players by the teams that they were on and pretty much like the cards they were dealt. That's the only thing we can judge them on. We can't go into, well, maybe if they did this or maybe if they did that, maybe it was unfair that Tom was on these teams that had these incredible defenses. But let's look at that. That was not by accident that they always had really great defenses because what Tom would do is he would always adapt to what other, whatever kind of team they had. 
and he would make it work. He made Wes Welker a name. Anybody remember Wes Welker when he played for Miami? I don't think so. He made Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman. Some of these names that rock, oh yeah, I know him, but we that's because Tom Brady made them. Tom Brady threw to 77 different people to score a touchdown. Um, another big thing is what Tom would do is he would take less money and so that he could bring in the talent. You know, it's like the Colts, they did have Adrian James, who is arguably a Hall of Fame running back. He might get in one day. They did have two Hall of Fame wide receivers. Closest that Tom Brady ever had was Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski. And they were able to get a Randy Moss who would pretty much give up in Minnesota and in Oakland. And they got the very, very best Randy Moss that we had seen since the late 90s, early 2000s. That was like old school Moss, what we were able to get out of Randy Moss. Um, so that's what he would do. He would take the talent that he had and elevate them to superstar status. Even their running backs, no big names. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, Deion Lewis, some Rex Burkhead, just some names that are popping out to me. You don't have that Hall of Fame guy that they had. So he was just able to take the people around and make them greater. Um, and Tom Brady's 20-year career, he's only missed the playoffs twice. One of those was in 2008 when he was injured. The other one in 2002, the second full year as a starter. It's almost like every year you expected him to be in the playoffs. Where a lot of other teams would just love to make the playoffs, it was like automatic that the Patriots were going to be in. It's just like, who are they going to play? He had nine Super Bowl trips. That is more than the Steelers, more than the Packers, more than the Cowboys, and more than the 49ers franchise history. Of those nine, he has six Super Bowl wins. That's as many wins as the Steelers dynasty had. It's more than Dallas, more than Green Bay, and more than 49ers. One man has more rings than these teams. And these are the top-tier teams. It goes down from there. These are just the best. Um, I'm going to give you one crazy stat, and I'll be done. There's been 54 total Super Bowls. Okay, Tom Brady has played in one-sixth of every Super Bowl that's ever been played. If you condense that down to his 20-year career, he's been in nine. That's almost every other year Tom Brady's been in the Super Bowl. Not the playoffs, the Super Bowl. That's like, like a video game stat. Like you, you're going to Super Bowl every year like in Madden or something. He has six rings. The second quarterback with the most rings is four, and that's Montana. And then on down, you have Peyton, who had the two. So even though Peyton was able to edge Brady out three times, it's three times, yeah, three times, he only came away with two rings out of that. All right. Well, you talked about, and you just touched on it there at the end, um, both of you have kind of already covered this a bit, but uh, just whatever you may not have mentioned already, we'll start with you, Bennett. 
let's talk about the head-to-head. We want to talk about who's better, uh, Peyton versus Brady. Obviously, when the two met, it was primetime television. I don't know if they ever played a Sunday at noon game. Uh, it was almost always primetime television. Uh, so, head-to-head, regular season and playoffs. Yeah, anything you hadn't mentioned already, Bennett? Yeah, it's like Elrod said before. They played each other 17 times. Um, every single one of those games was epic. They were a battle. Um, any of us that watched those games, we got to watch history. Uh, we'll be able to, oh, yeah, I got to watch Brady and Manning play. That's what it's going to be like compared to, like, the generations before us that got to watch Bart Starr play or Roger Stallback or whoever, John Unitas, people that I would have loved to watch play. We got to watch Brady and Manning. So that right there is pretty special. I'm not really going to go into too much of who was better, who wasn't better, because, I mean, it's just something that we were blessed to witness, really. Um, just a couple of things. They did meet five times in the playoffs, and like I said, Manny beat him three of those. And the winner went to the Super Bowl. Of the two that Brady won, he uh, won the Super Bowl those two times. Of the three that Manning won, he lived one, two, and lost one. So at least at least Brady was able to get a win or didn't get a loss. Um, some crazy stats about those. Um, of those 17 matchups, Tom Brady won the first six in a row, which I think is pretty crazy. And in eight of those 17, he did not throw an interception. Um, the average margin of victory in those 17 games was around 10 points. So they were like super, super close games, not really much blowouts either way. Twelve times both these quarterbacks threw for over three touchdowns. Brady did it seven times, Manning did it five times. They both combined for 73 touchdowns. And they combined for 9,308 yards. So it's like I said before, every time these two played, it was just like an epic battle. And that's something really special that we got to watch. Rod, anything else to add on the head-to-head aspect? Yeah, I think the common misconception out there is that Brady totally owns um, Peyton head-to-head and their head-to-head matchups. But as I said earlier, if you look at when it counts in the AFC Championship game, he's 3-1. Uh, to one. If you look at the stats a little bit closer, uh, Peyton actually has more touchdown passes in those games, 35-32. And they both have three rushing touchdowns. So they got some wheels. Who knew? Uh, a piece. Um, and Manton also holds the edge and passing yards, too, by 600 yards over the 17 matchups. So um, Peyton, those early coach teams got dug in a big hole. But just because those early New England teams were so loaded on, on the defensive side uh, and had much superior talent uh, on the defensive side of the ball where you where you win these games. Uh, but as their careers progressed, Peyton really had the upper hand um, toward the end, especially in the playoffs over Brady. All right. Um, we've talked a lot about stats, uh, about what they've done, how they've compared to other quarterbacks uh, to have played, especially in this era. Tell me about Elrod, you first, about Peyton Manning, the person. 
not on the field, but more of Peyton Manning's off the field persona. Uh, as far as his, his view in the public eye, as far as the thing he's things he's done, tell me about his off the field. I don't think I mean, you will find anybody that dislikes Peyton Manning, the person off the field. You may not like him because he beat your team. You may not like his play on the field. But it seems to me I don't think that anybody could have a justifiable reason in disliking the man. Uh, he, he has a charity that's donated to UT Medical Center for cancer research. He's been big and uh, given to Pat Summit's Foundation for Alzheimer's. Um, he uh, is a regular on Saturday Night Live. Him and his brother, Eli, have some really good banter back and forth. Uh, he has his own show on ESPN Plus right now, Peyton's Places, that really chronicles uh, the last 50 years of the NFL. It's a really good show. Uh, he's an ambassador for Nationwide. Uh, he's one of the hottest commodities. If you want to market your product, what better person to market that product than Peyton Manning? Um, speaking of the Saturday Night Live, he also has one of the most iconic Saturday Night Live skits of all time, where it, I think it was a, um, a United Way ad, where he's this bad, it was a top, it was kind of like a total opposite of Peyton Manning, but he was, he was this angry man throwing these footballs at kids, cussing them out. It was, it was just one of the most iconic SNL ads that there, there are. Now, Tom Brady is married to Giselle. That's what he's going to say here in a minute. He he lives – Tom Brady lives the rock star kind of life. He, he He's always on the town in Boston. He's got the supermodel wife. Pete's kind of low-key with his personal life. You won't see him out in the bars. You won't see him out with his supermodel wife or anything like that. He's kind of low-key. And that's how he lives his life. He's turned down opportunities to uh, upwards of 20 million a year to be on Money Not Football. He would much rather just do his own thing. And um, that's what I respect about him. He, he, he's not flashy, but he's funny, and he seems like he's a good guy off the field. Bennett, tell us about Brady and his supermodel wife and the rest of his off-the-field persona. Okay, so – Tom Brady comes across as this guy who's better than us, and we know it. Um, he does have his supermodel wife, whatever. He's on the GQ magazine covers. He does the cameos on in movies. Um, he's got all these super high-end endorsements, like Ugg. And other that very fancy. Win. That should win it for me right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty sketch, I'm going to admit. Um, so, but really, I mean, where are we drawing this that he's saying that he's better than us? He actually is a pretty humble guy. You've never really heard Tom Brady get on ESPN and say, oh my gosh, guys, I'm, I'm, living the, I'm living the dream here. I've got everything. Or after a win, they interview him, they say, Tom, you just won the Super Bowl, you know? How, how did you do it? He never says, oh, well, yeah, I, I threw for 500 yards. I had four touchdowns, Pat. He thanks everybody else. He doesn't want it on him. He's actually very, very, very protective, like hyper-protective of his image. 
and he's a really, really private guy. Um, I know you said something about, you know, maybe Tom liking to go out in the town or something, but I saw a thing where one of his teammates, not one name who, um, after their 2012 ASC championship win over the uh, Baltimore Ravens, a bunch of them was going to go out on town and celebrate and have a good time. Yeah, we're going back to the Super Bowl. And they asked Tom, I said, hey, Tom, you want to go with us? You want to go celebrate? I said, no, nah, I want to go home and tuck my kids in the bed. That's really what Tom is. He's a family guy like us. We got to remember that even though these guys get this image of they've got everything, they're still guys like us. You know, I think he kind of gets a little bit of a bad rap just because he is so successful that people don't like him. And they think, oh, he's so successful. He's got to be just this, like, stuck-up guy. I don't really think that's it. I think it's just he's so private that we don't get a chance to really get into his life and kind of pick his brain and see what exactly what he is. So I think a lot of it is just – He's kind of a misunderstood guy. He's just a guy like us, except way, way, way more successful. <laughs> but he's still just a guy. With much, much more money than we will ever have. All right. Let's look as the last topic you all were prepared for before I get into my, my follow-ups. Um, we've talked about this on the field, college, regular season, postseason, off the field. Bennett, we'll start with you. And granted, it, it's it's hard to completely say this because Brady's still in the league. Um, but for at least the New England chapter of his life, what is Tom Brady's legacy as of right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you said, um, Tom Brady's still, he's still writing his story, you know. Um, he'll be 43 this season, and he's still going strong. He's going down to Tampa, and people are already calling them the favorite to win the Super Bowl. It's crazy. But what we can do is we can look back at his legacy as a Patriot. Um, he's a guy that arrived on the scene. That was the sixth-round pick. He was unherald, unheralded. Um, wasn't really expected to do much. You know, he was a compensatory, compensatory pick. Can't talk. Um, but then you fast forward 20 years, and he's the winningest quarterback in NFL history. He's got six Super Bowls, 17 division championships, nine AFC titles. He's the embodiment of consistently performing at a high level year in and year out. He doesn't have these peaks where he's like got crazy video game stats and he plummets back down. He's just, you know, pretty level out throughout the whole thing. Um, I'm not going to go over all of them just for time, but he owns 16 regular season records, 17 Super Bowl records, and 20 postseason records. Um, just to simply put it, there'll, there'll never be another Tom Brady. So what we're getting to witness, like I said before, is like something special. Orad, what is Mr. Manning's legacy? There's something to say for a quarterback that's soon to have two statutes at two different places 
for his play. He's going to have one in Denver and one in Indy. If you go back and go to the draft, there are a lot of question marks about Peyton coming out. People like Mel Kuyper said, you've got to go with Ryan Leaf. He, he, he's the guy. He's the guy. Some, and he even said that if Manning didn't have his last name, he wouldn't be a fifth-round pick. So he had a lot of question marks coming in as well. And he exceeded every expectation that NFL pundits had for him coming in. You know, um, one knock um, one knock about him was he couldn't win the big one. And for the first couple of years, Indy was stuck in the mud. Getting the championship – in 06 in Miami versus the Bears really changed how people perceive Peyton. Then he, Jim Irsay kicks him to the curb. He wants Andrew Locke, kicks him to the curb. He goes to Denver, revolutionizes. What he did in Denver was unbelievable, especially the first year where he set all the records. But then later on, Denver, their defense became more stout, and he kind of just became just someone that was along for the ride. And it just the way that he shifted his play from being the star, from being the guy that's got to throw 40 touchdown passes a year, to the end of his career just becoming a game manager. Not many quarterbacks can do that. Some quarterbacks, if they're not the focal point anymore, they're just going to quit. But Peyton, he adjusted. And that, that's, that's, a, that's a lot to say for a guy that was, had just broke the touchdown record a few years prior in Denver. So I think the, the legacy of Peyton is going to be he was a great guy. He never had any off-the-field issues. And he holds per capita every record in NFL history, touchdowns, yards. Uh, he holds them all. So that, I think that's the real legacy for Peyton Manning. All right, guys. Um, some additional points that you all weren't prepared for. Uh, one of them I'm not going to cover just because both of you kind of covered it already, and that was the teams that these guys had around them. Um, but what I two more that I want to two more things I want to talk about, and I'll start with you, Elrod. But for both of you, the we've talked about the great feats, uh, the records, the championships, the wins, um, the legacy of these two great quarterbacks. Uh, we have very much, as you should, as you are arguing to try to convince me, accentuated the positives of these guys. But I do want your thoughts on the negatives and how those negatives may hurt uh, that legacy. Uh, Elrod, I'm gonna start with you with Peyton and the two things I want you to touch on quickly, number one, what you talked about, he can't could, he had the reputation of not being able to win the big one. He was 0-4 in college against Florida. He had a losing record uh, against Tom Brady when he was in uh, the NFL. Uh, he was kind of known for the team that always made the playoffs, but with all those playoff runs, he had two rings to show for it. So the first one I want to talk, I want you to talk about is that the stigma of he couldn't win the big one. And the second thing I want to talk to you about, uh, which you kind of touched on a little bit here, Peyton Manning's last season, 
when you're looking at stats, was not a great year. Uh, obviously, they salvaged it with a ring, uh, but he only played half the games that year because he was hurt. But when he did play, he threw nine touchdowns to 17 interceptions. In that playoff run through three games, he threw two total mm-hmm. touchdowns that entire postseason. Now, like I said, they got a ring, but if they hadn't got a ring, does that last season and does that career-long stigma of not being able to win the big one, does that hurt Peyton Manning's legacy? I don't think so. I mean, basically that last Super Bowl that he had, his arm was about to fall off, as Bennett said earlier. His arm had literally turned into a noodle. And the alternative was Brock Osweiler. So they were uh, – John Elway and folks and Gary Kubiak were not uh, too keen on the alternative. Now, I don't think – if he had lost in the Super Bowl uh, to Cam – I don't think that would have hurt his legacy. He still had a Super Bowl in his back pocket, so he wasn't going to be Dan Marino. He wasn't going to be shut out. He was always going to have the other one to fall back on. Um, when it when it comes to early in his career, he was 0-4 against Florida, and he will say today that he tried too hard in those games. Uh, he wanted, I just had to get that in here somewhere. You did. You did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. But if you also look, he was he – was, as a starter, he was 3-0 versus Alabama. The other big games. That's not really fair, though. Those Alabama teams of the mid to late 90s is not what it's not Alabama Nick is today. I get that. Tom Brady but, beat Alabama. But he will say early in his career, he pressed too hard. He tried to, he tried to be the gunslinger. He, he tried to make things happen when they couldn't happen. But as his career moved along and progressed, he he let the game come to him more. And I think with the Bears in 06, in 07, when he won the Super Bowl against the Bears, he proved that he can win the big one. Now, he didn't have six championships. He had two. But I think the stigma of him not being able to win the big one is not really correct because he does have two Super Bowls. He won an SEC championship. He uh, went to the Citrus Bowl, went to the Orange Bowl, places that Tennessee had not been in years prior to him getting on campus. So he was very capable of winning the big one, just not Florida. Can't spell Citrus without UT. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bennett, the negatives of Tom Brady. Uh, There's there's a career-long stigma with him uh, that we may actually get answered uh, this season when it comes around, but there's the career-long stigma that Brady was quote-unquote a system quarterback, uh, that he wouldn't be able to do the things uh, he's done if he wasn't playing for Bill Belichick all those years in that system. Uh, I want you to address that, and I also want you to address uh, the elephant in the room a lot of times with Brady, Spygate, Deflategate. <laughs> do do those hurt Tom's legacy? All right. First, I'll touch on the stigma about him being a system quarterback. Um, when you think of Tom Brady, you think of Bill Belichick. When you think of Montana, 
think of Walsh. When you think of Otto Graham, think of Paul Brown. When you think of Bart Starr, you think of Vince Lombardi. When you think of Roger Staubach, you think of Tom Landry. And when you think of Peyton Manning, at least me, I think about Tony Dungy. These are all guys that were successful, Hall of Fame type, greats of the greats, and all of them had a good coach with them. So just to put him that he's just, you know, coattailed off of Bill Belichick is kind of crazy. Um, Bill Belichick was really like a middle-of-the-road head coach before Tom Brady came along. Bill Belichick was 40 and 66 before Tom Brady became a starter. Once Tom Brady, once it's all said and done, he's done in New England, Bill Belichick is 225 and 79. So to say that uh, Tom needed Bill Belichick, it's actually maybe Bill Belichick needed Tom Brady. You know, it's not just all of a sudden Tom Brady came onto the scene and now Belichick, Belichick's like, ah, I know how to win now. I've got this guy. I'm going to win. I think it's just really, you know, you look back at history, a lot of the all-time greats, they had a great head coach. They just go hand in hand. That's just the way it's always going to be. So for them to say that, to me, is kind of mm, not so much. Um, now, about Spygate and Deflategate, I'm going to touch on the Deflategate. Do I personally think that Tom Brady deflated those balls? Personally, him, no. Did he have knowledge of these balls being deflated? Yes. Did someone else deflate them for him? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I was... <laughs> Anywho, back to it. Um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, people, let's let's bring it home here. I lose. Uh, Tom Brady for sure had some knowledge. You can't just, you know, these quarterbacks are like really, really, really particular about their footballs. And for sure, Tom Brady knew that it was deflated. Um, does that make him a cheater? Maybe, maybe. Now that's, that's up to me and you and you to decide um throughout sports throughout the history people have always tried to find a way to get an upper hand you know we got the steroid scandal all the different scandals that go on in the olympics um scandals that go on like in boxing stuff like that but do i think it's actually going to taint his career not so much. I think it's like with the steroid thing. I mean, it's still kind of a touchy subject, but once you once you've seen is it's these guys are coming a little bit more accepted. And these guys are slowly and surely going to get into the Hall of Fame. And I think it'll be the same way with Tom. I mean, even though he's got some scandals, he's not squeaky clean like Peyton. I do think in time they'll wear off and people will recognize him for what he is. Let's even talk about the deflated football. 
that that Super Bowl when it was a big stink and they were checking the footballs every five seconds, Tom still won the Super Bowl. So it wasn't like a crutch. You know, maybe he did try to find an upper hand, but he still got it done. All right, and then the last one before we get to closing arguments. We'll start with you, Bennett. I'm starting a franchise. Tom Brady is a rookie in the National Football League. Well, we'll say he's in his – Tom Brady is a third-year starter. So we get out all the rookie and the jitters and the kinks. He's a third. He's a third-year guy, so he's still young. I'm starting an NFL franchise with a third-year Tom Brady. Why should I take a third-year Tom Brady over a third-year Peyton Manning? I don't really think that you could. Um, Peyton had the better pedigree, you know. Even though Tom already has that one Super Bowl under his belt, right? O three, is that right? I think, yeah, something like that. Something around through there. I, I remember very, very well when the Patriots won that first Super Bowl. And I was like, hmm, I think Bledsoe carried him and then it got handed into him and it just fell in his lap. So I don't think you would take Tom because, like I said, he's still – he still wasn't a proven quarterback. He wasn't – I mean, look at the picture I showed. He, he does not look like a quarterback. And I think that's what's been beautiful about Tom is ever since high school, even before he went to Michigan, you know, he high school in California, he's always been that guy that's had to prove himself. And that's what he's done. You know, he's he's worked his tail off. He's shown how much determination he's had. He's shown how clutch he could be. But if it was me, I would for sure take Peyton. And I think that's where – all these teams missed out on Thomas because nobody did give him that chance. And he's always had to prove himself. All right. I think Bennett answered it for you, but anything else you want to add? Of, <laughs> anything else you want to add of why you would take a third-year Peyton over a third-year Tom Brady if you're starting a franchise? I, I'm going to take him too. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take Tom Brady. <laughs> I ain't going to make that argument. <laughs> I, I'm taking Peyton just because Peyton's the type of player that can make people around him better. Causes some plays at the line. Uh, coaches give him flexibility to do that. He's a great role model. Uh, I don't think there's any any uh, other option. All right, gentlemen. Well, this has gone much longer than we thought it would going in. Um, but, Bennett, I believe you're up first since uh, Elrod deferred. Closing arguments. All right. When you get down to the nitty gritty of not just football, but any kind of sport, it's about winning the games. That is, that's the object of any sport, at least any sport that I've ever played. Um, that's the bottom line. It's not about who had the better year or who had the most touchdowns that year, or who had the most passing yards. It's about who won. There was a great scholar once, the great coach Herm Edwards, that said, you play to win the game. Those are very, 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 very true words. And uh, 
Tom Brady has won more games than anybody. Um, more than just winning games, it's about winning championships. Tom Brady's done that more than anybody, too. When you put together regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, championships, whatever, whatever you want to put in there, Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback of all time. There will never, ever, ever be another Tom Brady. Um, whether you love the guy, whether you hate the guy, um, this year he's going down to Tampa. Um, so we can put the New England behind us. Um, like I say, if you love him, you hate him, you've got to at least respect the, the greatness that he is and just take this year and sit back and watch him and just witness history because there will never be another one, and we don't know how much longer he's going to play. All right. This has been very tough, trying to make the argument that Tom Brady is not the GOAT, as many people try to call him. If we're judging this just on Super Bowl wins, as I said earlier, is Brad Johnson really better than Dan Marino? Is Terry Bradshaw as good as Terry? As good as those Steelers teams were, Terry Bradshaw barely had more touchdowns and interceptions in his career. Is he better than Dan Marino? Football is the ultimate team game. One player is not going to win you a championship. You got to have a complete team. Peyton, those early years were, were hamstrung just because he didn't have that defensive talent that Tom Brady had. He had some offensive weapons, but in order to win in the early 2000s, up until Mahomes, defense always wins championships. He didn't have that. I think we've seen here lately uh, the quote that Jerry Krause said, that organizations win championships. And I think that applies more in football than basketball. One player in the NBA can win a championship, not win a championship, but certainly get you in the playoffs. But one player in the NFL is not going to win a championship you got to have a complete team. At the end of the day, those Patriot teams are going to have six or seven Hall of Famers on defense. Maybe Dwight Freeney. Maybe on all of those defensive teams that Peyton had in Indy. One Hall of Famer. Look at the teams that Tom Brady beat up for years in that weak AFC East. The Bills. The Jets. The Dolphins. Look at the look at the teams that Peyton had to go up against in the AFC South, uh, the current alignment, and even the prior alignment, the Titans, the Texans, the Steelers back in the day. He had to go up against much stiffer competition than the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. It's it, like I said, it's not easy to make the argument that Tom Brady is isn't the goat. But when you look at when you dive into the stats, Peyton has better stats per capita. He's got two Super Bowl rings. But overall, Tom has had the better coach, Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time. Now, Peyton had Tony Dungy, but he also had Jim Caldwell and Jim Mora, two mediocre coaches. Jim Caldwell hasn't been able to keep a job since he left Peyton. So – all things considered, when you look at the stats, when you look at the legacy, when you look at the person, I don't think that you could make the argument that Tom is better than Peyton. 
All right, gentlemen. Um, coming into this debate, I had preconceived notions. I am not a huge fan of either guy, which made me good to be a mediator. And the true answer to this question is Joe Montana. But that was not an option. Um, when you look at Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, we have seen good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks in the last 20 years. Um, you have your Drew Breeses, you have your Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Brady and Manning are always going to be another tier above for at least, you know, the first part uh, of this millennium up to this point. I could, I'm going to make my decision. I'm still not 100% sure in my head which way I'm going. This is why I'm kind of buying time speaking uh, mm -hmm. mouth here. Um, but the, the weight of the evidence is what I'm going to look at. But, you know, really, these are split pretty evenly with me based on the arguments you guys have made. Uh, there's no question Peyton Manning had a better college career than Tom Brady, um, even with those four losses to Florida. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's there's no question to me, as far as the off-the-field persona, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud and it's going to be in a published forum, but I would rather hang out with Peyton Manning than I'd hang out with Tom Brady. Um, all right, if you had failed to mention the SNL skits, you were going to lose that point, but you brought them up. Uh -huh. But when we look at, I don't think, Peyton Manning was, like I said, he's top tier. Of the last 20 years, this, this is 1A and 1B. Peyton Manning had amazing years. He had amazing numbers, um, as did Brady. And honestly, you can say, well, he had this many more yards, that many more yards. I'm not taking those as much into account because, like you said yourself, his teams weren't as good. He's playing from behind more often. He's going to have more yards. So as far as, as far as regular season, both these guys were consistently in the playoffs. I'm going to consider that category a wash. Um what this is going to come down to, and honestly, this was a lot closer than I thought this was going to be, this argument. I'm going Brady here. But I'm going Brady based on his consistency. The, the, the best stat I heard through this whole thing was Bennett's breakdown of the records. When you look at the halves, you look at the thirds, you look at the fours. Consistency, whereas – Peyton didn't have it. His arm was about to fall off his last year. If you take those numbers out, you look at consistency, and whether you agree with it or not, six Super Bowls is dadgum impressive. Is Brad Johnson better than Dan Marino? No. Brad Johnson won one Super Bowl. He didn't win six. <laughs> 
you know, you, you look at the teams they were on. Um, Peyton's defenses were not as good as the Patriots' defenses. That's an absolute fact. Um, but you look at the weapons that were available to them. Um, I think anybody could have had good stats. Any quarterback and Marvin Harrison was going to have the stats. Any quarterback and Reggie Wayne was going to have the stats. I don't know how many quarterbacks could make your Wes Welkers. Um, we're about to find out your Julian Edelman's um, of the world look good. Uh, for what he does for the team around him, for his consistency and for the championships, I crown the winner tonight, Bennett, Tom Brady. But much, much closer than even I thought it was going to be coming in. <laughs> How many pitchers do you have? Elrod, <laughs> you represented your fellow – Big hat-wearing friend, Mr. Peyton Manning, very, very well. Uh, so that will put a wrap on episode three. Gentlemen, we've sat down to make three of these, and people have watched them and uh, somewhat at least pretend to like them. Uh, so we will uh, we'll try to do this, make this a weekly thing. Uh, and in that case, we'll come back at you next week. Again, got any ideas? We're still compiling a list. Uh, we'd love to hear them. Let us know. Um, got any ideas that we should debate? Um, anybody out there that can has ideas to make this show better other than make it shorter? I know we got to make it shorter, but we're all long-winded here. We're working on that. Um, but other than that, we know that one. Don't tell us that one. Uh, but any other suggestions you have, we'd love to know. Uh, tell us what can make the show better. Tell us what uh, you want to hear us talk about. More importantly, tell your friends about this show. Have them tune in and check out Convince Me, which as of now we're planning to drop every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, Bennett, Elrod, any closing words before we shut this baby down? I feel like the footballs were deflated a little bit in this argument. It was fun. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you want to hear next week, and uh, we'll be back here. Thanks for joining us again for episode three. Bennett, you have convinced me. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Peace.